Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill, happy new year. Happy new year, Bobby. It's nice to see you here in 2022. I know, it's a new year, new start. Of course, we have some existing things that have been continuing on, um, Omicron variant, of course, but I'm cautiously optimistic there'll be good things in 2022. I think there'll be good things in 2022, but from a COVID perspective, as a fan of the rock band, The Who growing up, it's a bit like uh, a meet the new boss, the same as the old boss when it comes to COVID, because we are dealing with increasing case numbers again and increased demand for testing and all those sorts of things. In this case now spurred by Omicron, mm-hmm. which really is dramatic when you think about the news of Omicron broke over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, and now here we are in, in South Africa. And yet here we are just five weeks later in the uh, coming out of the holiday break, mm-hmm. New Year break. So- It's just exploded. And I'm sure everyone has heard this over and over again, but of course, Omicron heavily mutated in the spike protein looks like it is highly transmissible. It was actually the fifth variant of concern classified by the World Health Organization. We're learning more and more. Like you said, this just kind of broke over Thanksgiving, and now we have all these studies rapidly coming out. There were six studies that recently came out um, for just since Christmas Eve. I should note that they haven't been published in peer-reviewed journals yet, but they're by reputable groups. They've been published in those preprint archives, and it looks like there might be some good news in terms of pathogenicity, the ability to cause disease. It looks like the Omicron variant might not be going down into lungs as much as it stays in the upper airways. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, it is. And I think that what we experienced throughout the pandemic is this rapid emergence of something, in this case, another variant, and then pound on its heels, a rapid need to disseminate information, including, I mean, hopefully mostly from academic medical centers and people doing studies, but it has led to what I think is a really new phenomenon. I don't remember it prior to COVID, and that is the whole preprint. I think it might be worthwhile for those who haven't done a lot of submitting papers for publication in a peer-reviewed journal, just what's the difference between a preprint and an actual published peer-reviewed article in a journal. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Let's talk about that because I agree. I think it's been something new. It probably predated the pandemic, but really just exploded in popularity during the pandemic. So if you read on the webpage of the most popular preprint servers, which would be BioArchive and MedArchive, they specifically state articles are not peer-reviewed, edited, or typeset before being posted online. So you're going to see typos. No one has peer-reviewed it. They do say that all articles undergo a basic screening process just to make sure that there's offensive content or non-scientific content, then they're not accepted. You know, if there's a health risk or biosafety risk, they also check for plagiarism. But other than that, what you get is what you see there and you really need to read it carefully. It's a really interesting format and there's pros and cons to it. 
Yeah, I mean, it did predate the pandemic. I think when they when it was used very selectively, and when it was felt there was something of such importance that that it might be possible that to get it out there early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's funny because there's a number of people, even in academia, who talk about this suppression of information. This actually goes the other direction. So, right. you know, it's just, just for everyone knows when we t- typically what happens is you write a manuscript, you send it to a journal to be considered for publication. They send it out to other experts in the field who read it and then send comments back to the editor, raise questions. Did Dr. Maurice think of this? Why didn't they study this? I'm not convinced this piece of information is accurate. Please provide more information here. And sometimes they'll say, this isn't good enough. You shouldn't accept it, right? And so this has not gone through that level of review. So it's coming from academic medical centers, reputable groups, as you say, but we all go through that process. And these have not been through that. You have to consider them almost like preliminary Mm -hmm. results, not really as conclusive, but still evidence. And at least in this case, it's nice because all of the needles on the compass are pointed in the same direction. And that is less pathogenicity, Mm -hmm. higher transmissibility. The question then is, what does that mean for us? Well, and I agree, it's really kind of a mixed bag because lower pathogenicity, great. That means less people sick, maybe less people in the hospital, but higher transmissibility, that means that everyone is potentially getting exposed to highly transmissible. That means more people are getting sick. Are we still gonna see more hospitalizations because of that? It's hard to predict, but what we're seeing in other countries is that more people are getting exposed, more people are getting sick. And not only are they going to the hospitals, overwhelming healthcare systems, but it's also taking some of our key essential healthcare workers out of their jobs because they're home isolating because they've been infected. Yes, all those things are true. And there is hope in that the disease appears to be caused by this variant appears to be less severe than than some of the other variants of SARS-CoV-2 virus. That said, to your point, it's a numbers game, if you will. It's how big is the denominator? Mm-hmm. If the numerator is smaller, but the you know the denominator is huge, it's so or the percentage, then the numerator is going to go up in terms of what's going to happen with hospitals. The other things that we do are pretty clear is that this is more transmissible than any of the prior variants, and it mm-hmm. can infect those who have been previously exposed to the to a different strain or previously vaccinated, particularly if they haven't been boosted. I think that's what that means for all of us is we're going to see another return of this need to be as careful as possible in terms of masking policies, in terms of distancing, in terms of size of social gathering, all those things are really the focus today and people need to take them seriously because what we're really trying to avoid is the thing we've been trying to avoid for the last two, two years now and that is hospitals and healthcare systems getting so overwhelmed that they just can't provide care to the people that they serve and of course now yeah, you also raised the point that they might have more of the employees and workers actually exposed as well because of the higher transmissibility. So it's just something for this way. I think people to, yes, it's less virulent. Yes, that's good news. Most likely it is less virulent. Mm-hmm. It's true, it is good news, I should say, but that doesn't mean we're out of the woods. Yeah, good point. So if people haven't received vaccines, it's highly encouraged. Boosters are highly encouraged. One of those preprint studies I talked about out of the University of Glasgow showed that Omicron's more likely to evade immunity, but booster gives some partial restoration. So boosters are highly recommended. And then masking, surgical masks are probably better than cloth masks. I mean, we know that from the data anyway, if people can get a hold of them. And then continuing social distancing for now. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, and if, and if you feel like you have symptoms of a cold, that's probably, and you have uh-huh. access to testing, you probably stay home. If you can get a home test, it's good to, it's important to probably confirm so you can kind of manage yourself and your exposures to others and all those things. So, mm-hmm. but hopefully that won't be the case. 
And hopefully within the next number of months, we'll be not talking about COVID so much when we have our podcast, <laughs> although I didn't mention today in our new employee orientation. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be nice? Maybe we could talk about parasites or immunology or something <laughs> fun for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, parasites. I do have your calendar. You gave oh, me with the parasite right there in the background. A little bit. So, so I'll <laughs> be ready. I'll be all phoned up. Fun with parasites. <laughs> well, I'll expect to see it on the wall maybe somewhere, or you could take a picture and show me. Maybe if you want to hang it, you know, in your home and, you know, above the mantle or something. <laughs> there we go. Or I can tweet it. I can tweet it so people will know. It's there you there. go. <laughs> All right, Bill. Well, we'll keep talking about this and maybe touch on the impact it's going to have on healthcare systems with our workers out maybe in a future podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll get to talk more next week and more about what's happening. What, what do we know with the treatments? There's a lot of questions around that, too, and the efficacy of some of the treatments that are out there. And we're going to be learning this as we have all along. Exactly. More to talk about. All right. Well, stay safe. And again, happy 2022. Happy and safe 2022 to you as well, Bobby. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.